All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 Centrus in Kansas City, Missouri. Today on the show, we have Rick Mound. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Aaron? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Nice. Um, but yeah, if anyone is not really sure of who Rick Mound is and what he does... I don't know, maybe do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself? Uh, I go by Rick Mound. I've had a lot of different tags and aliases throughout my time, but I used to just wander drunkenly and (laughs) uh, sharing my 10-cent songs with everyone, and that's what my... uh, purpose has been here and luckily I've grown to make a lot of friends in this community and uh, been able to share my talents with them to help them grow themselves so you make it sound like kind of a a mythical thing I like that you're uh, used to just wander and (laughs) meet people as you went and share your music yeah that's how I that's how I feel just kind of been on the streets sometimes sleeping on the streets to you know, sleeping on people's couches, and then finally I grew up, <laughs> and uh, now I'm a little bit more relaxed about my moves, but I'm still here making music, which has always been uh, a big part of my life, and probably one of the most important things to give my life purpose, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, it was, it was something that I was going to kind of wait a second to ask about, but since you kind of mentioned it, you have like made music under several different names before, and so I think like one of your your beat making names has been Osiris One. Yes, and that's like I and like I don't know. I think the one of the only things I found was just like an old Bandcamp page where you were like selling beats under yeah. that name, and but it was just kind of a unique setup. I I don't know if I'd ever see, like seen someone like like selling beat like thirty whole beats on like a Right. Just on a Bandcamp page like that, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've tried different, a lot of different things to sell beats that wasn't, <laughs> that didn't make it seem like I was part of the rest of the people selling beats. Like I try to set myself apart from, like, using, like, I guess back when I was Osiris One, it was SoundClick. A lot of people just would make lease beats off SoundClick, and I did not want to. I didn't want to have those just like generic type of artists just buying beats and like then I never never hear from them again or hear the finished product. I wanted to make it so I could work intimately with another artist. No, yeah, cuz I think if you do ever like kind of browse any of the more popular like beat like selling or releasing websites like a SoundClick or like a Track Train or something like yeah. that like you do get kind of people just looking like for like whatever is like kind of trendy at the moment and just going to like score them a quick viral hit or whatever. So I think, yeah, I guess it is pretty smart of like anyone like not too interested in that, just like kind of finding their own crowd. And Mm -hmm. I think Bandcamp is usually kind of a cool setting for that because, you know, it's not like, I don't know, I mean, yeah, I guess it's not like 
a site, like a platform that a lot of people use, like when they really want to just blow up and have a hit or something like it often is used by like kind of more underground and like people who are, I don't know, like it, it is where like pretty much every punk band puts their demo and like right. kind of like DIY guess, rap acts. I guess you kind of just, just got to like find it or, you know, I could send, I would just send people that link and it was just easy instead of like uploading a batch of beats. It's just like, this has been here and like some of them are sold, but some of them aren't. So mm-hmm. sift through it and, you know, it wasn't easy to find that, that page. So. <laughs> But um, I I think like I've seen, but like you've you've released some tracks as Osiris One that have been on like the Intelligent Sound compilations. Yeah, there used to be a whole bunch of Osiris One on online, mm-hmm. including my SoundCloud, and it was like I I remember at one point I had like twenty thousand followers, like SoundCloud Generation One, <laughs> first gen SoundCloud. OG. Yeah. Which is was a lot of the guys who are popular now making lo fi music, they were part of that that uh movement, like uh knowledge and uh Ackright and professional logic, those type of dudes. Um that's what Osiris One was and eventually I just kinda got bored with it, so I deleted that soundcloud <laughs> oh man you, do, you, do you regret getting rid of that page altogether like uh maybe not that page i mean because i i was able to like kind of reinvent myself which made it more exciting for me uh i've never been one to like really dive into numbers and like i just wanted to keep making cool things you know mm. um but i i do regret rec- re- deleting the Osiris one uh band camp because that had a lot of stuff that I don't have now. Yeah. So I've lost a lot of my work throughout the years deleting stuff off on off of uh the internet. So. Mm. Oh yeah, but maybe you could tell me a little more about like kind of that era of like like beat making SoundCloud because like I wasn't even there f- like I wasn't really present for like the even the earliest days of like kind of like hip hop SoundCloud, which kind of you know turned into like SoundCloud rap, like yeah, with X and Lil Pump and all that stuff. But like, I wonder, like, who who else was like really big on like the first generation of like lo fi um, like SoundCloud stuff for you? Like, because you mentioned Knowledge and he's working on like right. huge projects right now and right. he's like pretty well known, so like. Who else was really there for that era, and like, what was it kind of? Uh, what kind of sounds was it centered around? Would you say it was? It was really interesting because it was like it was more of a community, and the way SoundCloud was set up was so you can interact with each other and like collaborate with each other better. And uh, there were forums and stuff like that. So uh, there was like a like small underground movement all coming up around that same time. Uh, Flying Lotus was, you know, getting uh, more attention and, you know, the beat kids start, slowly started trickling into SoundCloud and, you know, that was around t- the time too when uh, Jay Dilla had passed away and I think him passing away brought out all these bedroom producers 
and that's when sound like Beats and SoundCloud got really popular and um some of those cats were like uh uh I think Submerse was one of them. Uh Sush S O O S H. He's made some stuff on Project Moon Circle, I think. A lot of those guys. Um can't even think of a <laughs> there's just, there's just, there was there was a lot of different cats on there that were like all of a sudden you're like hearing about them and then you see dudes like all of a sudden you see them doing shows and you're like what this dude's doing a show like he's traveling around and uh, some of the outer peoples were part of that movement too like uh, uh, LPD he was part of the Foot Clan he's part of the Foot Clan which had Dan Maddock in it, who's one of the other peoples, and I don't know. Would you would you say like you were kind of part of like this new generation of kids who like got into beat making after like J Dill's passing and like that first era there, or like were you already kind of like working at it and you just kind of found out about this website for it? Yeah, I was I was working on it already. I was I started like rapping and you know doing lyrics and stuff on a site before that it was called d music and it also had a similar platform where you could uh talk on forums there was like uh battle forums and stuff like that but you could go through and favorite tracks and uh comment on tracks as well so i was doing that and then uh jay dilla definitely like i was i had started making beats and once jay dilla passed i was like all right and then like he put out donuts, and then donuts kind of like made me like a full time beat maker, and that's when I like started seeing, started trying to figure out where the beats I like to listen to were being, you know, uh, put out, and it was SoundCloud, and I was finding a lot of the more lo-fi and off kilter. That was when like after one and stuff like that, like that dude type of swing rhythms were kind of more popular like broken beat mm-hmm. no yeah and i guess that kind of makes me curious also of um like kind of just like your process at least and maybe even like if your process for making beats has really changed at all like since then like are, are you someone who does like sample like records and tapes and stuff or is it a lot of like just finding sounds online and like, because I know you, like, you end up using a lot of sample pads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is uh, Foley recordings and, yeah, records and just things I find interesting that I'll hear from a movie or uh, I'll go e-digging on YouTube a lot of the times and just, like, look up something that I remember from the past or it's usually from the past, from my childhood, like, you know, like, I want to go back and sample Macho Man and I'll, like, <laughs> look up Macho Man on YouTube and find all his little quotes and throw it in there, you know. I've sampled stuff from, like, Pixar movies or, like, Kung Fu Panda, just, like, like the dude stick hitting a tree or something. So it comes from really anywhere, anywhere that can make an interesting sound or, or if I'm at an event and I want to capture that moment. I mean, no one else is going to know that's from that, but in my mind, it's like, damn, I put that in there. Like, <laughs> It's like a 
almost like an inside joke to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, like I always appreciate like tiny little like kind of meta things about like music and stuff that I end up like writing about or photographing or whatever. So mm-hmm. I can I can definitely like see like how someone else would kind of get that same like kick out of like sampling something or like using right. some kind of recording like that. Like I don't know, I can't even think of like a good example of that but like it's almost kind of like seeing like a photo of your photo like no like yeah I think that's kind of something like that like (laughs) I don't know I'm sure other photographers (laughs) can think of better examples of that but yeah and no yeah and can you what was like your for you mentioned you you were kind of rapping almost before right. you were beat making at one point right I was rapping in high school and it was so easy to like like sell mixtapes in high school because everyone's just there so like I would just make mixtapes I would go to Kinkos and print off a cover just get the CD jewel cases you know make my mixtape and sell it for two dollars I would leave school with like two hundred dollars <laughs> so I was like all right I could just keep making you know. I was actually just making, like, parody raps, just, like, taking other beats from songs and parodying that that song, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then uh, and then I, like, found it. I discovered it's it's an outlet for for the things I, w- I was feeling, too. So yeah, I got way more serious about it, and I didn't want to steal beats no more either. So I wanted to just keep keep climbing that ladder to where everything's in-house. I'm going to produce my own music. I'm going to make my own mixtapes. I'm going to rap my own shit. And, yeah. you, you mentioned you kind of started using it as, like, kind of an emotional outlet at some point after you had been, like, doing parody stuff for a while. Like, was there a moment where you were, like, putting, like, some really, like, emotional rhymes in, like, some parody rap you're trying to do, and you're like, oh, no, this is kind of weird? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I remember... I remember I had a beat I had got from somewhere that was like, it was like one of Linkin Park's songs, but it was in a piano. It was like a piano version. Mm. So I wrote like an emotional song to that. And uh, it was it was kind of weird. <laughs> You're like, oh, my, my classmates might not think this is funny or cool. <laughs> yeah, they might think like Dan Works. Where, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I went to Shawnee Mission Northwest, nice. Johnson County. Good old Johnson County. <laughs> um, but were you rapping under a different name back then also? Uh, this is yeah. like pre-Osiris one, pre-Rick yeah, Mountain? Pre everything It was actually, uh, I had a friend who was rapping. He was like a couple of years older than me. He went. He lived on the Missouri side. Uh, I forgot how I knew him. I think through like uh, a basketball team we played on. Uh, but he always rhymed under the name Tragic, and then he uh, he unfortunately passed away and got shot. So I took the moniker uh, Tragic Murder. So that was my first rap name, and I like started rapping under that. And but then it evolved into other things, and eventually got to Osiris One, just making beats. I think all was all was one of my uh, rap aliases as well. Oh yeah, because I I remember 
Marty from Ebony Tusks like mentioning that to me at one point. He said like you had some like really crazy like style you were rapping yeah. under yeah. When, when you were using that name. Yeah. What, can, it was can, more, uh, that style was more like if you listen to like Rhyme Sayers or Anticon, like like Sage Francis was like someone I try to emulate mm. or like uh, or Slug. You know, it was that kind of style of uh, rapping, just more. Saying a lot and still saying a lot, like literally saying a lot, like a lot of words and a lot of different rhyme patterns and schemes. But, you know, compared to now, like I I say less, but still try to say a lot, but use a lot less words. No, oh, yeah, because you, you released uh, the Anxiety LP last year. That was like your first release on uh, Fuck Life, which is your kind of label collective crew yeah, just kind of a art collective mm-hmm. kind of whatever anything goes pretty much so it's uh <laughs> and it's also a shit posting page online so <laughs> there's that but that's the the future of um music uh crews <laughs> you gotta have some good shit posts right. in there um but no yeah on on anxiety you only like there there are like kind of just like it's like at least 10 songs on there and you're rapping on maybe like a handful of them. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I kind of understand that it is like kind of less is more kind of choosing your words wisely at this point rather right. than just like barring out and yeah. going crazy for like five minutes. Yeah. Also just making kind of catchy music. That's just like, that's, that's more pleasant to the ear than just some guy like saying a whole bunch of words, you know, cause sometimes uh, you know, that's good to listen to sometimes, but sometimes it's good to listen to things that are just, that kind of just float, you know, where you don't have to pay attention so much. And like, but you still could hear, um, like, something being said. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, like, there's a lot of chants on there that, like, like chanty hooks, like, I don't know. There's quite a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. And, I don't know. One of one of my favorites from that project was Uppercut, which is the one you did with Ricky Roosevelt, produced by Alcal. Mm. And that that's just like, for me, like there are like a lot of more like kind of experimental moments on the album, but that's for, that song really kind of felt like a really cool like alt hip hop like anthem for me, like kind of just like a really cool like moment of like two like local hip hop like mm-hmm. movements coming together and like kind of showing like two different kind of flavors right. that they they each do and right. coming together in a cool way. Yeah, and from Lawrence, Missouri and that's that's also the connection which mm-hmm. is, you know, which is I like seeing people work together from Lawrence like in from from our scene to another scene, because it's like, you know, I go out there sometimes, and it's like, there's a whole bunch of other shit going on out there, and like, <laughs> and like man, it's nice out here, like, people are coming to shows, people, like, you know, sometimes out here, you're just like, you know, it's not always like that, you don't always get the same support where, I guess, I guess the support I'm talking about is where people give, uh, attention to the art where they're just not showing up for a party. You know mm. what I mean? No, yeah. And I guess Kansas city can probably feel like 
I mean, relative to other places, not at all, but, like, it can be, like, almost oversaturated at some point, probably, because, you know, it's the same crews throwing the same type of shows, you know, every so often. At the same same location. Mm. And, like, in Lawrence, you are kind of just forced to reckon with, like, a whole different, like, type of music sometimes when you go out, because there are only, like, such a small handful of places right. that have, like, live music out there. Right. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, like, I honestly can't think of all that many KC Lawrence, like, collaborations that I, just off the top of my head in the last few years, like, so it is definitely cool to see something like that. Like, did did you reach out to the Vivid Zebra guys, or? Uh, when that happened, I was, we were already, like, kind of clicking. They had done, we'd done some shows together and stuff like that, and. So I've I've gone out there and kick it kicked it with them quite a bit already, and I was like, all right, I need I need this type of joint for my album because I want Alka to produce it because he's that's that dude's an amazing producer and makes like I don't know different beats than I make. His beats are are more I don't want to say more. They're not necessarily more trappy. I mean, they are more trappy than that, but, like, I wanted to do something that, that was more that kind of style for the album with them. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I got. And, like, I kind of liked, like, writing in that style as well. Yeah, and... No, yeah, because that, that, like, when I say it's, like, kind of an alternative hip-hop thing, like, it is very much just, like, a fun, like, rap song yeah. like that. And you are kind of rapping in a more standard style, but it is still, like, really fun and kind of has a few curveballs in there. Yeah, definitely. Did that did that come from, like, you guys just hanging out and working on a song, or do you, when you collaborate, does it kind of end up just being, like, kind of emails and that kind of thing? Uh, well, we... I got a hold of them online, and I was like, I want to do a collab for... Because I already had some of the project done and I was just thinking of features so I hit them up and Alka usually just throws beats in a drive folder and we're like oh, we like this one I like this one and I was like but this is the one and then like so we put that to the side and I was like alright let's schedule a time meet up we met, met up and we dedicated that whole time to you know making that making that song where we wrote recorded it and then just had a rough mix, and then yeah, then uh, I let someone else hear it, and they're like, "I want to make a video to it," and, <laughs> and then that's how it just—that's just how it goes. I just let it fall in place sometimes, and that's that's rather uh, how I would like it, you know, just to inspire others, just to kind of throw their part in, and you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that that video is fun, and it's also like kind of a good contrast to. Um, what was the other video you had on that project that uh, we put on? Salvation. Yeah, Salvation. We yeah. we put that on the Shuttlecock site, and that was that. That song's a little more of a, yeah. a bummer, but it has kind of like a you know a looking up, uh, yeah. like thought to it. Like, yeah, uh, I guess I'm curious a little bit about just the the themes kind of behind anxiety and like if you have like a really specific like thought in mind when you are like putting together the whole project um 
Well, that project, a lot of, I had a lot of things going on. <laughs> I had, uh, like, my my family, like my baby mother and my kids. I had been, we just separated, and I was no longer with my family, like my kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my dad had passed away, and I had, I was just going through a lot of crazy shit at that time. And uh, I was making a lot of different music. I really didn't, like, plan on making this, making that album. Like, like I said, it just, I just had a batch of songs and dealing with a lot of anxiety. So I was like, I'll just name it this and I'll make it about, uh, you know, some mental disorder shit because this is what I'm dealing with. And I just locked myself away. I went, I wrote a lot of it in the woods and made a lot of it on my SP in the woods. And it was just a very dark time. <laughs> but to me, but I was able to make something that was dark and at the same time kind of gave you this like light at the end of the tunnel kind of kind of perspective where you know, this is me trying to climb out of this and that's how I felt and once I put that out and completed that I felt like, like a whole bunch of weight had been lifted off, off, up, up off of me. Hmm. Sorry. Oh yeah, and yeah, I think often when people really like create, like a like have a creative project where they channel a lot of like kind of dark, like sad feelings into something, like it is nice to like be able to kind of package it. And I mean, may, I'm I'm no like mental health expert but like being able to like put that behind you and like kind of look back at it in like this kind of I don't know just kind of packaged up way like can I don't know it probably does it probably is kind of helpful and like how you like look back at that time or right it's definitely a a, like a healing kind of thing you know looking at all this it's like a like a box of trauma, and it's just like, all right, well, man. And then I look how I where I am now, and how I am in my head now, compared to then, and like the things I did, the habits I had, and it's like I'm really happy. But at the same time, that where I grabbed all those those ideas from like that well has definitely been sucked dry so going forward it's it's been a difficult time trying to see where to draw from you know because mm. it's because it's like man i made it through this now now what am I, now what, what's next you yeah. know so no yeah I, I guess what i was trying to say was like it, it is like a good way of feeling like the progress you make and like right. exactly yeah but Oh yeah, where what has like what has been different in your like creative process recently? Like, have have you been like kind of working on sounds and stuff that is like way different from that project? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, well, I've been working on a lot of collaborations and stuff like that that probably gonna come out next year. But as far as me personally, like the stuff I've been working on has been more. Uh, uh more precise i guess 
Like, I've been learning to kind of take my time and, uh, I don't know, I guess this might be a maturing thing or it's coming with my age as I get older, but, like, uh, I'm growing less fascinated with, like, uh, numbers and, like, trying to sell myself or to, I don't know, gain popularity or yeah. something like that to to get my music out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming more content with just going back to, like, making stuff I really like and uh, using it as expression and not really paying attention to that sort of thing. So uh, I would say it's kind of like like building a house. You're just taking taking like precise measurements and making sure this is framed up and cut properly and you know so I'm doing that the same thing in the studio like choosing the right synth tweaking the synth to exactly where how I want it or chopping this sample up and engineering it in a way that it sounds like almost perfect to me so mm. it's a it's a longer process but but I'm very happy with the results so far so no, and you kind of st- talked about how the Anxiety LP was more of just, like, a reflection of all of these, like, kind of anxious, negative emotions you had and just kind of packaged into one. But So w- it was kind of less of, like, a... Like, would you say, like, you have a more... Pr- like you said, the new project, you're being, like, more precise about everything. Like, do you have, like, kind of a, a very, like... S- concrete vision of like what you want the new album to be or is it still kind of just like reflections on like recent more just more recent like experiences and stuff uh i want to say there's ever like a concrete thing for me it's more it's more of a way of just like if i get like like maybe three songs together i'll see what direction it's headed and I'll try to fill in gaps to where it kind of matches like a particular theme but for the most part I I just make music and then just make like a whole bunch of music and then distribute it where I think it needs to go like alright so I have this beat I could give this to Dominico or I could give it to to someone else or I could keep it for myself. I could write to it and put it on my album. Or it could just be an instrumental that I sell or make it part of an instrumental project or some, something like that. But usually if I'm making an album, I'll have those core songs that I've put aside to myself and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to keep building on this and it's keeping with the theme, you know. And then there's other songs that go into other themes or fall into other things and I don't know. I just try to make as much music and then <laughs> decide later, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that might might not be the, like, I don't know. I, I always am just kind of, like, interested in how different artists kind of, like, allot their creativity and just, like, distribute all their different, like, output in different right. ways. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure other people are are less interested in that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. But can you tell me a little bit about how Fuck Life kind of got started? Like, uh, Fuck Life kind of started like 
how I started is kind of like a joke. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, for as long as I know, like, uh, it's always been a saying, and I'm not the only one who says it. We're just like, fuck life or fuck my life. And, like, you just have those moments where you're just like, ah. But, I don't know, it's a very pessimistic outlook on things, but it's also, in my eyes, a very positive thing too because it's it's like you know fuck life but you know we're that's just like sighing about it like and moving on you know Hmm. you're just you're just gonna get over this hump you know uh but yeah it started off as a joke and then uh then all of a sudden i was like i don't know me and peter uh with intelligent sound we we always have discussions and joke about things and like kind of <laughs> make up these scenarios where it's the most outlandish shit. And I was like, well, what if we just start a side label, you know, fuck life and just like do all this, you know, silly shit and like just make it a lo-fi level label and just, uh, you know, you could bring in like doom shop guys for shows or, you know. So I was like, hmm, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> so I'd, I'd go home and just kind of like, discuss it with like some other friends I'd have over that are making music with me it's like man you should put that out on fuck life and like then all of a sudden you know it became a thing where like alright I told someone about it and they're designing a t-shirt Yeah, <laughs> they designed a t-shirt that I've been thinking of the whole time and that's all like the t-shirts started and once once that branding began I was like oh, this is pretty tight, so we're just gonna roll with it. You know? Is that 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 first T-shirt? Is it a, a tsunami rip or uh, it's a Konami? Konami. Sorry. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know my my anime and things. You have to you have to school me <laughs> on that. You're good. No, yeah, no, yeah, and there is like a lot of like video game imagery yeah. and a lot of stuff, like because there's there's another shirt that's like a Nintendo yeah. rip and Nintendo rip, and there's, there's like a Mario one. There's right? a Mario one that's the coins, the fuck life coins. Uh, this last one was like a construction tee that had a little Mario mushroom on it. I don't know because we, me and Pete, were working construction together for a while, so we're, I was like, man, what if we design some construction gear and put fuck life on the on the arm you know like and then it happened you know i'd love to see like a photo shoot of you and pete in like your construction gear but like also like having <laughs> like your sample pads and like right. the helmets and everything <laughs> we'll have to do that at some point That's, yeah. but no yeah is, are, are video games a pretty like big influence or just like kind of part of like like I'm sure you like end up sampling like yeah, some a lot video of game stuff. Video games. I I forever sample video games and anime and stuff like that. A lot of nerdy nerdy stuff. Um, but yeah, video games is huge to me. I I just I came here from playing video games, so uh, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with like how far technology is coming. <laughs> like I don't know. You could be so emerged. Um, um, Immersed in these games where you just feel like you're a cowboy, you know what I mean? So did, did you start on, like, N64 or GameCube, or what, what um, were you playing first? The first one, first thing of my own I got for Christmas when I was little was a Super Nintendo. So that was my nice. first thing. And, a, you know, a Game Boy, of, of course. And 
But yeah, Star Fox was the game. Star Fox and Street Fighter. I remember I lived in, um, I was living in LA and at the Savons. There was a Street Fighter uh, arcade game there, you know, and there'd be people just crowded around there and it'd just be like very competitive, like <laughs> just in the grocery store. Dudes going at it. I'm like, man. So I grew up around that pretty heavily just all the time. Have you have you gotten into like more of the the current stuff as it's come out, like the Switch and all that, or do you stay pretty true to like the vintage stuff? Uh no, I'm I'm hella into like the newer stuff. Like I was playing um you know, of course Red Red Dead Redemption. And I actually just got Soul Calibur today when, <laughs> before I came over here. Um, but, yeah, I try to play all different types of games, too. Like, I like playing, like, roller coaster tycoon type games and building roller coasters. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did a little, a little like, PC Zoo Tycoon at one point. That was a lot Zoo of Tycoon fun. was good, yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah, you'll venture from the Nintendo stuff. That's probably yeah, kind of yeah. your, your, your first experience in that. Right. It was Nintendo and definitely definitely Sega, definitely Sonic. So uh look out on the new uh Smash Bros. You'll have a Rick Mound uh character in the <laughs> game. Everybody get excited. Yes. Yes, I will be on the Smash Bros. For sure. Rick Mound confirmed Smash Bros character. Um <laughs> but yeah you uh, you put out uh, I think earlier this year uh, not not too long ago the Fuck Life first compilation, the yes. volume one. Um, and you had uh, Squibs, Devin Hanna from, like, Young Machetes, Jonah P., JP No on that, and, just, yeah. like, probably 20 other, like, local producers and rappers. Right. There was a lot of, definitely a lot of local cats, and there was a couple of other people sprinkled in, and then there was some mystery people that I don't don't know who they were, so... Uh, how, was, how did you get the music from these mystery people? Uh, I guess they saw the posts that I made and just sent them in. And there's like, there's some secret aliases where I, if I Googled them, I wouldn't find anything. Mm. <laughs> and I would find just like pictures, weird pictures. Like, like uh, I think Taco Sauce Boss was one of them. And so you I, think it's just your friends pranking you? <laughs> That's what I thought, and I like I I uh, I thought Taco Sauce Boss was someone I knew, and I was like, "Yo, this is you, like this beat is this beat is crazy, like." And they're like, "No, that's not me. That's you, right?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> that's not me." So there's people I couldn't I couldn't figure out who they were. Some people I had to hunt down after I like released it just so I could tell them their song was released, and now they follow you know they follow what's going on with Fuck Life and they're about it. They're like, dang, I gave you that so so long ago, <laughs> which was it was a hard thing to do too. Cause I had like sixty, seventy submissions to sift through, and I like it took me forever to like digest all the songs. Mm. It's a lot of music to digest, you know. So, oh, yeah, and I don't know that that is really fun to me. Is just the idea of getting like this mystery song from someone you don't know to release on your project it's just like reminding me of like the fun of the internet sometimes like and like it is something I have been kind of thinking about recently and like I think I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who's been on the internet longer than like 
like, I don't know, at least around a decade, like, it is just, like, becoming, like, kind of an increasingly, like, less fun place to yeah. be. <laughs> And, like, I guess, like, I, I kind of fool myself into thinking, like, it's still, like, this kind of crazy fun place to be when it's, like, increasingly not. <laughs> yeah. Like, just because I have memories of all these cool things that, like, all these, like, old forums and, like, right. platforms that yeah. aren't around anymore and games and stuff. But, like, I don't know. Is that something you spend any time thinking about or are you definitely, not? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I used to do, I mean... I remember first getting the internet in my home, <laughs> and that was, like, crazy. Like, I don't know. I would spend a lot of time on, like, this this chat thing where, like, you can make your own, like, little character, and, like, you would sit in, like, this background. It'd be, like, a playground or a forest or, like, a mall, and you'd have your character sit there, and you would chat with other people across the world. And I'd sit there and do that for hours, and also find other people to make music with too. So, and that was like one of my memories of like, you know, when the internet was just like fresh to everybody. Yeah. And it was, it's like, man, yeah, I'm talking to someone in <laughs> fucking England right now about the same stuff I like, and it was really cool. I, I, I guess like some of that for me was that like. I kind of just wrote it off as, like, oh, it's just because I was, like, a teenager and everything seemed, like, crazier and all that. But, like, it really is just, like, kind of the internet becoming more corporate and, like, monetized and yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, where it really, like, it's not just, like, the nostalgia factor. Like, it really is, like, starting to suck a little more. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, there's not really much that can be done about that at this point at least yeah it's that's it's fate just <laughs> yeah. but uh we were really there for the the wild west of it that was all right r.i.p the the free internet um but yeah no and i i wish i would have made it to this event you had i i regret not figuring out uh just what, whatever i was doing that night but you, in September, last September, you had a hip hop house party slash live stream event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It had uh, Ishida, had a couple of rap groups that were new that I hadn't even heard of, and uh, had the KCB Box Crew and myself. I think also. Uh, dang, what is her name? Face Face. Face Face was on there as well. And Vimana, Vimana was part of that, and yeah, it was it was a really good time. Is like it was the first time I had the idea of live streaming like a, a house party where you know because I was I really wanted to just start live streaming stuff. Like, uh, unfortunately, like we just didn't have the best of equipment, but it, it we did it, and it was really cool. It popped off, and. We had cool, like, visuals going, and the house was bumping. We started during the day, so we didn't end too late, and I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's, like, I don't know. I thought I just saw that pop up when I was looking through your posts, and I'm like, oh, that's, like, a cool thing I wish would be expanded on at some point. So hopefully we'll we'll see a part two at some point, maybe. Yeah. We'll 
hopefully, hopefully get some better live streaming equipment. Uh, there is another house party for Fuck Life before the end of the year, and the weekend before Christmas, so that one will be really cool. Nice. Has, has that been announced yet? Or? It hasn't been announced, but I'll just, I could just say that it's going to happen. And, uh, I'm bringing out my friend Tristanio from St. Louis to do a beat set, and I think like Twan is on there. Uh, this guy hasn't done a show in a year. He goes by DCPLX. And I've been making beats with that guy for a long time. Uh, <laughs> we actually had a side alias that was a woman, and it was Blank Face. It was our collaborative stuff. And then uh, Dog Teeth, who has done a bunch of intelligent sound shows, is going to be on there. Shaman Huey. And I think that's it. I'm nice. forgetting someone. It'll be, it'll be announced at some point. So Nice. Um, no, yeah, I guess one thing I was also kind of curious about was if you have, like, brought anyone else on who's, like, going to do, like, who's going to release their, like, full project through Fuck Life yet. Have you talked with anyone about doing that? Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a couple people who are going to submit some projects for the upcoming year. Uh, I believe DCPLX is one of those guys and if you haven't checked out his stuff he has kind of more of a darker uh, he has he has a lot of like darker kind of beats that remind me kind of uh, of like uh, uh, what's that dude's name I don't remember the dude's name but (laughs) it's really good music it's really good just like hard hitting and noisy and also like video gamey type stuff so there's another cat who's a lo-fi producer that that uh, should have a project as well next year. Nice. And I think I don't know, there's a couple others, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's kind of ways out before those get done. So. Mm. Nice. Uh, but yeah, is there anything we didn't get to that's important? Uh, any other things people should be looking out for? Uh, just always look out for merch because those those are always just kind of happening when they happen, and when they happen, it's very limited, uh, very limited things that get put out. Like the construction shirt, there was just a handful of those, and those went really quick. And I think we had some bleach shirts that went really quick. And yeah, uh, other than that, there's a fuck life show. There is a Intelligent Sound show, uh, Black Friday, with uh, three stages. There's a Fuck Life, uh, Fuck Life stage on the patio. Yeah, that's at the Uptown Arts Bar and yeah. Niche. And- yeah, and that stage is gonna have four producers playing beats and a cipher, a rap cipher hosted by the Abnorm. Awesome. Um. And yeah, uh, where can people find uh, the music of Rick Mound and Fuck Life and all that on social media and all your sites and everything? Uh, Rick Mound is on Spotify and SoundCloud. SoundCloud usually has more of my older stuff on it. I don't really keep up with that, but I try to just upload things on there. And, uh, 
Fuck Life. You can find Fuck Life on Facebook. That's where it's most active. It's not really active on Instagram uh, as I want it to be, but we're out here fucking life, so, you know. And it's F-U-K-L-Y-F-E. Yeah. There we go. There's also a band camp, and that's where you can find the the compilation as well as uh, anxiety. Uh, fucklife.bandcamp.com and yeah you can find a lot of my other releases on Intelligent Sounds Bandcamp as well awesome yeah they have a lot of cool compilations that people can dig through and find yeah your tracks on Uh, but yeah people can follow at shuttlecockmag on Facebook Twitter and Instagram go to shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com for T-shirts, photozines, and buttons. And shellcockmusic.com has all the articles, photo galleries, and everything. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, oh, there it goes. <laughs> wow, good timing. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Like, it's, yeah, I'm glad we finally did this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>